Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California, now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert, where heaven and hell meet. Everybody is looking for signs. And they're pretty easy to find these days. Why does the company that makes your phone very much want you to put blinders on and stay inside all the time? Maybe it's because you can't breathe the air outside in your town. That's a sign, right? about the orcas organizing into military units to destroy ships at sea. Morally, it's the right thing to do, and maybe they're training to take out Jeff Bezos' super yacht or something. Or maybe they're going to take out the warships of America and China and Russia. Not a lot of feel-good stories in the news, but the orcas destroying the navies of the world and their various nuclear missile-equipped launch systems. That would cheer everybody up, most everybody. Then there are the albino animals. Now we've got a lot of field biologists who listen to this program. While they're camping out in the desert after counting lizards all day in the hot sun. And if you're one of those field biologists, you might be thinking about how us civilians confuse leucistic animals with albino animals. Because with leucism, the creature's eyes are not affected, as with the majestic white lions that would draw big crowds to various Victorian zoos and Wild West oddity shows. So let's be technically correct here and refer to the supernatural appearance of many rare albino and or leucistic animals in the past couple of weeks alone. On May 28, a 1 in 10 million rare all-white bison was born in Wyoming, as the elders foretold. A few days later, an extremely rare all-white dolphin was seen off the California coast by a Monterey Bay whale-watching crew after the friendly ghost. On June 4, the Pattaya Mail in Thailand reported the amazing discovery of a leucistic toad, 
helpfully compared to a regular swamp toad in the news photograph. Let's quote from the article here because the language is truly majestic. Majestic as the toad itself. A Chambury fisherman stumbled upon a majestic albino bullfrog that he hoped holds a special meaning and will bring him luck and good fortune. Soraya Sassu, 44, said that on the fateful rain-soaked night of May 31, he ventured out to catch fish for his daily sustenance. When in the stillness of the night he heard an enchanting melody emanating from a pond. Curiosity got the better of him, so he followed the sound, illuminating his path with a flickering beam of light. At first he mistook the captivating sight for a floating mushroom, but as he drew nearer he realized it was a bullfrog of unparalleled beauty, a magnificent white and round creature that defied his senses. Intrigued by its ethereal presence, he resolved to pick it up, believing it held the powers to usher in good fortune. His neighbors were captivated by the bullfrog's beauty and its unusual non-pointed mouth reminiscent of a hippopotamus. Intrigued by the tiny creature... They began coating the bullfrog's body with flour, hoping to unveil hidden messages or lucky numbers on its belly. Bolstered by this newfound optimism, Soraya contemplated a daring act of fate. He could not help but wonder if the bullfrog's dimensions, five centimeters wide and seven centimeters long, held a mystical connection to his own life. He hoped it could provide a clue to a life-changing lottery number. On the 1st of June, a pair of rare albino deer were photographed by rural sheriff's deputies in, yes, in Fayette County, Iowa. The same week, an albino panda turned up in China. Unlike with UFOs, we have clear photographs of all these wonders, all these portents. Many American tribal nations regard the birth of the white buffalo as a deeply important event, a powerful sign that prayers are being answered. The Lakota belief is best known, but it's also true for the Sioux, the Cherokee, the Navajo, the Dakota. 
are about 500,000 bison in North America today, up considerably from the 300 or so remaining just over a century ago. At the end of the 1800s, most of those are ranch bison today with only 30,000 or so living more or less as they did before their natural range was chopped up into cattle and corn farms. So if the white bison is a 1 in 10 million occurrence among 500,000 animals, well, that seems extra important. The most sacred creature on Earth, that's what the Lakota call the white bison. A decade ago in Texas, there was another white bison birth. And, of course, the Texans immediately killed it and ate it, which is sort of the way for sacred beings here on Earth. Strange things happening every day. He's one of two presidents that had a, a UFO sighting he made public. He was standing outside a fraternal organization in a small town in Georgia uh, with a couple of oh guys. Yeah, and this big kind of egg-shaped thing went by and hovered there, and they all stood there in shock and talking about it, and uh, it was around for a couple of minutes and took off, and he, uh, he said it shook him. So there you go, Robbie. You share an experience with an ex-president. That's right. 
If you have something like Flight Radar 24 or one of those, you can just open your phone and see, is is there an enormous aircraft over you? And if there's nothing there on the phone, but there's something over you for real, either they're coming to get you or that's that's an aircraft you're not supposed to see. There is a... What's that? The simplest answer is, of course, that it's human, but in the moment, it was a real UFO experience. I was like, wow, did not expect it. If it's, if it's unidentified, you're not making any other claims. There is a correlation between Bigfoot monster stories and what we now call UFO stories. And it drives the people who, who strongly believe in, in E.T. crazy. They don't want any Bigfoot in their alien ships because that, that's, that's the part that they don't like. It's okay if it's a spaceman. The reality, like uh, even in the mountains just outside of Palm Springs, is fireballs, unexplained lights, and monsters often go together and, and long before we were building airplanes. If you try to take the pictures or, or you know, 
anything it does not come out. You know, and they claim that that's a, a sacred mountain, and that's where they originated. That's an origin story from that mountain, also. So the the place, the desert, the desert area has a you know a long history of um, of uh, encounters with um, the unknown. Some phone calls from this morning's Up Close show on Z107.7 FM in the high desert. We will put a link to the podcast version of Friday morning's Up Close on our website, desertoracle.com. And you are listening to Desert Oracle Radio with soundscapes by Red, Blue, Black, Silver. Scene 3, the source of our phrase, pomp and circumstance. Which, centuries later, became the title of the musical theme used by pretty much every graduation ceremony happening this time of year. recently attended such graduation rituals held at sundown on an open plain, oriented exactly east to west, marked by forked towers of brightest yellow. The initiates had practice the ceremony for days, a numbing process by which the mind of the individual melds with the mind of the whole. Personal identity all but eliminated in a sea of look-alike ritual robes and mortar boards, symbols of the apprentice spiritual mason. That squared hat descends from the ancient Roman four-sided priestly hat and sacred use from at least the 10th century, called the Beretta. Once Apollo had set and bright Venus claimed power over the congregants, Once the Marines had retired the colors, 
of the sanctified moment the initiates all of a piece move their mortarboard tassels from the old path, the right, to the new path, the leftward path, which is the path of danger, of risk and reward, of knowledge. It is the path of Eve, the wilderness of Lilith. It is often deadly for our kind, known by the Romans as the Sinister. But what are you going to do? They had some pretty good speeches at this graduation. Not too long, not too cringy. A little bit. Anyway, after walking through a gauntlet of bureaucratic clerics from the school board, life returned to normal, more or less. You get about three or four ceremonial walks in a lifetime, on average. A school ceremony or two. Playing some main or supporting role in a marriage ceremony. Maybe a military honors, a ribbon or something, or accepting the best gardening service award from the hometown newspaper before a close down. That's about it for ceremonies. We should pay more mind when they occur. But they tend to occur when our minds are on other matters. One thing you hear in graduation speeches is a lot of hype about achieving your goals and realizing your dreams and all that. Which is unrealistic, honestly. you have when you're graduating school are rarely the ones you end up with as an adult. The important thing is to have other dreams waiting when your original dreams go nowhere. Which makes me think of Colonel Sanders. He was a 65-year-old redneck who had been fired from every job and had a nasty reputation as a brawler and a gunfighter before he finally figured out a system that would work. 65 years old when he started the first real Kentucky Fried Chicken, not in Kentucky, but in South Salt Lake, Utah. He'd been run out of pretty much every other state. Said one of his biographers, John Ed Pierce... Sanders had encountered repeated failure largely through bullheadedness, a lack of self-control, impatience, and a self-righteous lack of diplomacy. 
when in his mid-30s, he got a chance to run a gas station in Kentucky, in North Corbin, where he was doing pretty well and started up a restaurant diner inside. But soon he got involved in a dispute with somebody named Matt Stewart, a local competitor. And so Sanders got into a gunfight with Stewart. Stewart wound up shooting one of Sanders' employees. And that's how Colonel Sanders got rid of the competition. Because Matt Stewart went to prison for murder. Just keep that in mind, graduates, when they won't even give you an interview at the KFC. and across the great Mojave wilderness. This is Desert Oracle Radio broadcasting out of Joshua Tree on KCDZ 107.7 FM in the high desert and on many other stations around the United States thanks to all of our community stations such as KZMU and Moab and KFCF Pacifica Radio in Fresno. You can find our pocket-sized periodical Desert Oracle magazine and selected high desert shops. Are they still doing that cheese it thing, cheese whiz display over at the station? If the Cheese Whiz display is still going on, that means the regular shop's not open. But the regular shop will be open again shortly. Maybe it's open now. You know, I drove right by there today and I did not even notice. Well, so much for the eternal springtime. It is finally feeling like summer here in the Mojave is feeling like mid-late July with all these monsoon clouds piling up in the sky. That means we'll be able to enjoy watching the lightning and the distant thunderheads sitting on a porch, shotgun on your lap, a fruit jar of corn squeezins, the whole works. Hey, you know the celebrated magician and director of hypnotic movies such as Scorpio Rising, I mean the great Kenneth Anger, passed away last month and that made the papers and everything, but you may have missed this part. Kenneth Anger passed away and lived out the last portion of his life in Yucca Valley. Good night from the Voice of the Desert. <laughs> 